Welcome back to Still Loading, the podcast where we talk about the decline of everything, but mostly video games. My name is Aiden. And I'm Matt. And uh, today we've got a pretty, another spicy topic, uh, artificial difficulty. Oh, yes. Um, and this is not just games that are hard. This is not games that are difficult, challenging, whatever. This is games that are bullshit hard, bullshit difficulty, ridiculously hard for no fucking reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and this can be anywhere from a gameplay perspective, mechanics within the game, um, a simple way of like just how you progress in the game can have artificial difficulty in it. So, uh, I think it's only fair though that since Elden Ring just came out, me and Matt have both been playing it, so we have some thoughts about it. Oh yes, some points. Do you want to go first? I th- I'm, I'm probably going to say mean things about it, so... Okay, uh, yeah, I'll go first then. Um, my initial review for, I think I have 22 hours in mm-hmm. the game so far. Uh, initial review for me would be I think it's fantastic. I think it accomplishes, uh, scratches that Dark Souls itch for me, uh, as well as having elements from open world that I do like. Um, I am running into a few problems, getting lost being one. Um, I think you've got more to say about that than I do. Oh, yeah. But uh, we had a whole episode about those. (laughs) Oh, yeah, dude. Like, (laughs) I do think the progression is a little, a little wrong, but, um, Mm. Overall, I'm enjoying it. I, I'm, I'm really it. It came to me as advertised. It, they, I'm yeah. happy with it. I mean, I'll preface. I like the game. I do. Um, but I don't think that we should ignore its flaws just Absolutely because not. it's a Miyazaki game and it's another Dark Souls game and like George R. R. Martin did the writing. Um, and it, it, I do not agree with the 10 out of 10 rating that the world seems to give it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't even think the people are giving it that rating to agree with it anymore. But I'll get into that in a little bit. Um, I, I do really like the world feel. Um, it oh, is yeah. it is nice to just ride your horse around or just like do stuff like or explore forts or like I love the hidden dungeons. I like that they're really short. They're not fucking three hours long like in Skyrim. Um, no kidding. I like that the open world does feel good. It feels like a it's got a great atmosphere and the mm-hmm. map's not as big as I thought it would be, which is nice because I, I that's like a open world flaws like when it's an enormous cluttered fucking map and it's just like i don't want that i want some time to breathe when i find like one thing to the next yeah less is more i think yeah and i like that each section is uh i like that the world is segmented there's like different areas to go into like countries or provinces i don't know what they'd be called in the game but um i really like that um and it's got a great uh discovery reward system i like that you can just go out of your way to like go into a fort or go into a Mm -hmm. weird dungeon or something like that and like find a cool Maybe not useful, but like a cool item, like a cool whatever. Um, so those are all positives for me. Uh, but then that goes into the fact like it's an open world game, and it's got the same open world issues as a lot of them do, whereas uh, the, the number one big one is the pacing. Yeah. Pacing is bad. Um, because you start the game, and it's what you'd expect, typical opening, like Dark Souls level, essentially. Um, but that curve like immediately changes to mm-hmm. where like all of a sudden your weapons are not dealing any damage, your armor's not taking any hits for you. Um, it, it goes beyond the whole, like, you know, get good mentality. Because totally. it's like, well, what am I supposed to do here? Like, I, I'm only level, like, fucking 20. Like, what do you want from me exactly? <laughs> like, um, it, it just really goes into, like, a bad pacing thing. And I think what it is, though, is that they probably expected you to grind a bunch. Mm-hmm. I'd agree. They probably expect you to be like, okay, well, there's going to be those people who, like, pl- explore the open world before they even fight the first boss. So, like, let's compensate for that. By making everything else just really hard and design it around this that way even if you do grind it'll still be challenging mm-hmm. which i guess for like you know people who hate themselves that's great but <laughs> i don't <laughs> for people who just want to experience the game like that's not great no. um so that's kind of an issue there and then anytime an open world game takes it like the appeal of an open world game it's to do whatever you want to do right mm-hmm. it's to if you want to fo- hard focus the story you can if you want to do the side stuff, you can. It kind of takes that choice away because it's like, well, I can't fucking do the story because I have to go grind because I can't like, deal any damage to this fucking boss or even these enemies. Like it was, it was in the castle in the first area. Um, I think after like one of the first like second or two like checkpoints, mm-hmm. that I was like, okay, like all of a sudden like I'm not dealing any damage. Like what's going on? Yeah. Um, I only got as far as I did because I started off as a samurai, so like I had like the bleed effect on my sword. So I was like, well, if I hit it enough, it'll fucking die eventually. But <laughs> from bleed damage, but like not from my weapon dealing damage. Um, so there's just kind of that. Um, the story is also very lacking. Not that it's not good. Um, I just can't fucking find it. So <laughs> I'm sure that it's good, and like I am interested in it. The few 
bits of story I have gone to experience, I'm invested. I want to know what happened in this world to, that we're playing in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm invested. I just can't fucking find the plot, and yeah, that's the frustrating part. Um, and I know I'm not alone in this too, because in my research for like just kind of what everyone's been feeling like since it came out, like it, it's kind of turned from that like you know, oh, it's ten out of ten to like where the fuck do I go? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not the only having that issue, and. I think that just a little bit more guidance would have been what she needed, and it would have been fine. Um, one thing is that there are side quests in the game. It tells you where some of them are, but not where all of them are. After you initiate the side quest, it'll tell you where to go for some of them, but not all of them. Really? Which is a flaw, because it's an open world game. You should have some direction of where to fucking go. Right. But why this is even bigger of a flaw is uh, I had a complete roadblock for a boss, because I started a side quest that when you start when you go into this area a boss is supposed to jump you and initiates the whole thing in that area Mm -hmm. if you start the side quest though that boss no longer shows up and i found this out by researching it so um i I finally broke and looked up a a guide of like where the fuck do i go for like the story i didn't look up side dungeons or anything like that i was just like where do i go for the story how do i make the story do a thing um and i found out like oh yeah like if you have the side quest initiated it changes how that encounter goes and so it changes how that boss goes later on Mm -hmm. which is interesting but how the fuck would i know that without looking it up right without any form of guidance you know so that's just kind of my gripes with it essentially Uh, do you feel like that's maybe the expectation the developer team took like they expect people to do some research online they expect these guides to be available and present do you feel like that was a, a conscious choice or something that happened accidental i think that's a really good point actually because we do live in a technological age, mm-hmm. and I think you said that earlier, like within like 12 hours, there are like guides of like, go here, do this, go here, do yeah. that. Um, it is possible the developers kind of took a backseat on that, or just like, well, even if we don't put it in the game, like they'll figure it out eventually. Like It'll be readily available on the internet at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very possible. That's actually a really good point. I have no idea. Like, it just it seems to me that, that that mentality, and again, we talk about the decline of everything, but that mentality to me is kind of if that is the case if that's the way it was playing out that's kind of lazy yeah well i can i forgive them a little bit if that's the case because i actually think that they did the number one like saving grace of open world games which is like they they picked what they wanted to do and they did it good Mm -hmm. um okay yeah combat is super polished it's the best feeling dark souls game i've ever played absolutely um before that, I really like Bloodborne. Sekiro is still my favorite. Um, that, but that it's, as people like to point out, it's not a Souls game, so it's like, okay, fine, whatever. Um, or it's not a Dark Souls game, but that's fine. Um, but combat's super polished. It feels really good. I am. Yeah. It's not clunky, which is the case with Dark Souls 2. Oh, yeah. It's not plain like it was in Dark Souls 1. It's not kind of like really glitchy like it was in Dark Souls 3. Like, this feels good. And it, they kind of took, like, every single good idea from every Souls game and, like, put it into one game. Mm-hmm. Like, every single good idea, even uh, Power Stancing from Dark Souls 2, which is the only good idea in that game, came back in this game, and it feels really, really nice. And it's, you know, it is the thing you're supposed to do. You yeah. pick the thing you want to be good at, and you do it. Yeah. Um, the game looks good. The game feels good. It's just these other sins that they can't seem to get past, but that's okay. Yeah, it's totally um, fine. Yeah, I, I said I don't hate the game. It's just it's not a ten out of ten. It's probably like a six point five, maybe a seven, depending on how things keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll see. Like I'm gonna beat it before I get the final score. But right now I'm saying like a six point five, maybe seven out of ten. And that's not because it's not a good game. It's just that these are flaws that mean a lot to me. Um, yeah, they're things that really piss me off about open world games. And like the fact that it's here, I was just like, mm, no, I'm not feeling it. Yeah, I, I don't. I haven't encountered any real deal breakers yet. Um, But again, like you're saying on positives, um, just for fun, I put uh, a short sword in each hand Mm -hmm. and watched how they work together. And I was like, man, that's really cool. And I was like, I wonder if they did this with all the weapons. So I put great swords in each hand and I was like, wow, it does the thing here too. Mm -hmm. But the, the, the attacks are different. I was like, wow, that's really cool. And I was like, what about weapons that don't really go together? Like, I don't know, a spear and a sword. And I was like, aha, here we go. These two things don't play together. But then I thought about it and I was like, why Why would you? Why would you wield these two weapons together? So it makes perfect sense. Um, another thing I want to touch on about a positive that I really liked, and I think this might have been some of Martin's influence on mm-hmm. how he wrote the story. 
Um, I noticed a lot of the knights, like just in their aesthetic, they look a lot uh, more real, quote unquote, to me. Like they look like they're wearing surcoats and stuff like that. Oh, and I was yeah. like, this this definitely feels like somebody with a Western eye said, no, these knights should look like this because of historical reasons versus what we've gotten in the past where everything feels very Japan. Mm-hmm. Like, case in point, Iron Keep, Dark Souls 2. I was like, wow, these are look like if somebody from Japan described what, an, what a European knight would look like. Mm-hmm. That's totally what I... Like, I'm not, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I'm saying that the way they look in Elden Ring, I was like, wow, I'm actually killing knights. This is really cool. I agree with that. Yeah, it does have a... Like, like at the world, like I was saying, I agree with that. It does feel very good. Um, I, I actually agree. It probably is, like, his influence as well. From what I know, what George R. R. Martin did was uh, he wrote the world history, mm-hmm. and then they from there they built on top of that. So, like, he created the backstory, essentially. Um, and so it makes sense with, like, with, like, the Western kind of eye. Um, I, I, one thing I've been liking about the Knights, like, it's such a simple detail. I like that they're wearing different colors yeah. for the different regions. Just, yeah. like, they're part of a different clan or a different, like, crest, you know? Yeah. Um, it That's just a nice little detail. Like, it makes sense. Like, they're not all going to look like Soldier A, essentially. Like, you know. No. Everybody looks like they belong there. And what we said in the Open World podcast, too, I, I want to touch on, too, because the biggest complaint I have is when a world doesn't feel lived in. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it does. This world feels very lived in. Like, I believe you. Like, oh, this guy's from here? Totally. I wonder what they're all about. Like, it gets, you know, that brain train flowing. And when you get mixed out with, you know, Miyazaki's ability to tell a story without telling a story, mm-hmm. I mean, that's me just like... If, if I was going to say somebody was new to From Games, this is probably the one I would recommend. Really? 100%. I'd be like, play this. Um, if you like what's going on here definitely try the other titles but if you're brand new to this kind of gameplay i think it's forgiving in all the right areas and like you said it, it captures all the good parts i would i would recommend demon souls um because really? that game i think it would prepare them perfectly for elden ring one of the things i've noticed about um the pacing of the game and i think that's maybe why i'm like less angry about it and like a little bit more forgiving is that it is very kind of similar to like uh, demon souls was because really? that game basically had a hub world, um, essentially. Like, you had a hub world, and then there were, like, the five different stones you could go into, and, like, those are the five different levels, essentially. Okay. Um, and each level had, like, three sections to it, basically. And very often, like, if you didn't have the gear for it or, like, the right weapon or whatever, um, it wasn't... Crafting wasn't the big thing in that game, or uh, leveling up stuff wasn't a big thing in that game, um, as it is. It definitely made a difference, but it wasn't as big as an Elden Ring, for sure. But, uh... If your stuff just was good, like, you might, like, finish the first section of one level, then, like, okay, I need to go to the other levels now because I can't get past this part. Um, mm. Kind of bounce around the different worlds until, like, you had enough to, like, kind of progress through all of them. Really? Um, so I think that would prepare them for the open-worldness, and I think it also it's forgiving in the right areas. Like, Demon Souls, like, looking back on it now, is very simple. Mm. It's kind of, like, where a lot of ideas about Dark Souls began, um, and you can see the influences even from Demon Souls and like current Souls games. Mm-hmm. I think that influence is still in Elden Ring, even because, like I said, like it feels like that non-linear but like bouncing around area to area feel. Like that, I feel like that comes from Demon Souls. I might be projecting, but that's what it kind of feels like. Uh, that makes sense, just because because um, I've played Dark Souls one, two, and three, and Bloodborne. Played a little bit of Sekiro, but that was not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't get, ever get a chance to play Demon Souls, but uh, it feels like every installment they try something new and they trim the fat of what didn't work before. Yes, and like, or they nerf the stuff that worked way too well. Yeah, well, fucking Dark Souls. <laughs> my, my 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 biggest example of this would be the introduction of um, the FP bar in three. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, that was. Like when I played that the first time, I was like, "Oh shit, I have a third bar! Like, what is that all about?" And it got me interested, and I tried the new mechanic out, and I was like, "Man, that's really cool." I wish they would have had this in Dark Souls One kind of deal, because um, to me it made more sense. Like from like a realism perspective, like, well, yeah, the amount of energy you would have to do spells or cool stuff should probably come from the self, not the spell. Because yeah. in Dark Souls One, it was all about uses. Like, how many uses is this spell? have and they never really explained why it's like why can i only do this five times yeah like they have no reason for that other than it's a video game here's the mechanic 
uh, versus playing three with the bar, I was like, oh, that makes sense. If I choose to build my character that way to have more of this resource or this energy pool, well, that just makes sense, doesn't it? Like, yeah, it was just, it was beautiful. Um, like I said, just, I've got mostly overwhelming positive things to say about Elden Ring. Yeah, I mean, if not, with the exception of the carnal sins that, like, yeah. I, I feel like it has with the open world, like, the whole last episode I talked about it, like, those are carnal sins to me. Like, if those exist, they are the enemy and they need to fucking go away. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm fully aware I probably take this stuff more seriously in that regard, but, like, it still possesses them and I'm upset about it and I can't get over the fact that it, ha- it possesses them. Um, but I mostly have good things to say about it. Like, yeah. I, I think I, too, I'm happy to see the F bar, FP bar return. Yeah. Uh, have you Have you built towards FP at all? Um, so I put a few points into that um, just because um, something else I want to say that's really cool about the like the weapon arts and stuff. Um, it before like in Dark Souls three, I would I would pick weapons that I, I liked swinging, but didn't necessarily like the you know the special FP move or whatever. Mm-hmm. In this, I'm just so excited to try it and use it because it feels very usable. Uh, like I'm running a spear build right now and just like that super thrust that you can do is effective and it makes me feel good i'm like yeah that's totally how i would swing that if i was trying to skewer somebody you know so i've seen some cool spear moves where like you're basically a dragoon from final fantasy like they fucking jump in the air and shit like it's it's pretty cool i i briefly considered doing a spear build as well just i was like i can be a dragoon in this game like oh yeah that's pretty awesome uh I, I, I love them AFP just because I found a weapon that's really reliant on it. Like, mm. it's all of its power comes from, like, its supercharged like, FP moves. But uh, also because I was really into the summons, I like the spirits. I think they're cool. Yeah. I actually feel like a necromancer or, like, a death knight or something. Uh, okay, so full disclosure, that is the only thing I had to use the internet for because... With how to use it? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> it doesn't really do a real great job. It gives you, like, spoiler-free, like, you acquire what you need to do that. But... I was trying to put that item on my oh, belt. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, why can't I put the item on my belt? And then I put them on my belt and I was like, why can't I summon them here? And I was like, oh, that's what that icon means. Cool. It feels good. Um, I like that they're not just for bosses. I like that yeah. if you go into like a mini dungeon or something like that, like uh, not typically like not mini dungeons, but like overworld maps, like if you're going to a fort or something like mm-hmm. that, um, I love you can summon them because it feels, it feels good. Like it just feels fun. Like why not? Why, why wouldn't you be able to, you know? Um, I 100% agree and for my playstyle like 1v1 I can take pretty much anything it's just a matter of timing and figuring that enemy out when you start stacking like 2v1 3v1 that's when I start to struggle just based on my build but Mm -hmm. I've noticed those uh, do for me what summons do in boss fights it just gets the heat off me for a second so I can think about what I need to do next I think it was a good I think it was a great addition yeah I had mixed wins about them at first because uh I would quite honestly forget about them. Yep. <laughs> and so I was like, all oh, right, I could use my summon there. Um, and then I started using them, but I didn't level them up at all. So mm-hmm. they'd like get killed at like one shot pretty much. And I was like, these are useless. Like, why would anyone want these? And I found I can level them up. And I was like, oh, okay. I did not know that. You can level them up? Nope. <laughs> That's new to me. It's a, it's a side quest that you have to kind of, it's a dialogue thing. Like it's, oh yeah. Um, it's not explained at all. It's just, I basically stumbled upon it because uh, one thing I love in any RPG is like when NPCs have a dialogue about another NPC, mm-hmm. and so I keep on the lookout because it does that a lot in this game. Um, and so like I, it's just pure chance. I was like, oh, this person wants to talk about this person. And I was like, it just led into this whole thing where like you get a blacksmith essentially, a special blacksmith that can level up your spirits. So that's cool. Uh, it's another thing that just occurred to me, and uh, something I think why I enjoy playing in this world so much. I think it really helps with the lived-in aspect. Um, specifically, Dark Souls Three. Uh, everyone and Dark Souls One. Everyone is depressed. Yeah. Uh, I've ran into a few NPCs in this world that kind of have that going on, but I've ran into a few more that are like, "Nope, this is the world I live in," and I'm like, obviously not super stoked with the situation, but. They don't. They don't bum me out. You know. Yeah. They're just like, yeah. This is. This well, they have is... like a noble calling. You know? Yeah. Like, like, so those NPCs are like, yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not the crestfallen knight. I'm not gonna sit by the bonfire and bitch about life. Like, yeah. I'm gonna go out and do something about it. I'm like, God, that makes me so happy. Yeah. So, um, 
speaking of that as well, uh, not just a, not the Crestfallen thing per se, but um, mm-hmm. so in like Dark Souls One, you were you were, you were like an undead like anyone else. Like yep. you were, uh, you know, you had the curse mark, um, which I thought was really nice. Um, and then that was kind of weird in Dark Souls too. Like I feel like that whole like dark market was called, I think, or whatever it was. Um, uh, it wasn't the curse mark, but it was, but it wasn't. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, what I like is that, um, essentially the concept of the tarnished is mm-hmm. that like it, I just like when like in a game, all hope is not pinned on you. Yeah. I like there are other tarnished in the world. I like that the very like beginning of the cinematic explains that like, you know, you're, you're one of them as well, but like not one of the ones. Oh yeah. But I like that there are other tarnished in the world because it means that like it's it's not just like you're not built up to be the hero right away, yeah. Um, which is one thing I really liked about it, and it has like that same like uh, Dark Souls one vibe of like you're just an undead, like you're just a cursed undead, like everyone else, you know. Yeah, like the whole zero to hero aspect is something that I really enjoy. I like building my legend, mm-hmm. and something else just on the NPCs. Like more often than not these people like they get your situation they know where you come from and they're just here to help you out i think that's a real breath of fresh air for this like for this game specifically like they don't all talk shit to you or try to take your stuff yeah (laughs) they're like oh yeah me too like we're we're in the same boat so um here's what i've learned in that time and if this helps you out great like Mm -hmm. that was just like a huge surprise for me because i was like ah I gotta gotta worry about going back into a universe that's gonna bum me out, and then that didn't happen, and I was very happy. Yeah, that, that, I, I agree with that too. Like it has, like it has been different. It's been different enough that's a breath of fresh air. I really enjoy that. This is not the Elden Ring podcast. This is no. the uh, artificial difficulty episode. So this will kind of like segue into that. Um, Elden Ring has a lot of artificial difficulty. It does, um, and that is a. Uh, it kind of plays into the pacing what I was talking about in the open world episode. Um, again, like I was saying a little bit ago, uh, it feels like they expect you to grind to succeed. And that's not fair. That in itself is artificial difficulty because it's yep. like, well, what if I don't fucking want to? Like, this is an open world game, isn't it? I thought the whole point is I can play the game how I want to play it. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of pulls into it. Um, what I've experienced is I've played the game a shit ton. Um, and it seems like each level of boss fight just gets more and more ridiculous. Um, even like mini dungeon bosses, they're reoccurring, but they'll either add two of them this time or three of them this time, or they'll add like now it has a stupid status effect, or like now it has like uh, you're fighting on a floor that like also gives you a status effect of some kind. Like it just keeps adding things on top right. of it over and over and over again. Um, why? Why couldn't you just make a balance game? That's that's basically what it is. Is a lot of other Dark Souls games, the Soulsborne series they do feel balanced in a way of like yes it's very hard it's challenging Mm -hmm. but it's not tedious it's not bullshit you know it it doesn't feel unfair it's like okay i just i need to you know i need to get good essentially like i need to like learn a new skill or i need to like learn like okay like i i can't dodge through that attack specifically or i can't block that attack specifically like you need to learn a new way um a lot of the boss fights in this game just feel like they're made to be unfair right away Mm-hmm. And that's just what the, that's the difference between like a good balance game and artificial difficulty, um, which it, Elden Ring is not new in the series with that. Mm-hmm. Um, Dark Souls had it too. Oh yes. Um, specifically, uh, one aspect that I've tested thoroughly is in Dark Souls One, where uh, the Taurus Demon, I think it's called on on the bridge, like the yep. first real boss fight you have. The Taurus Demon, yeah. Um, I've tested it out where I've worn like the highest physical defense armor I can to see how much damage I can take. And it seems to be a set amount of, like, either way you're going to take, like, it deals, like, 300 damage, and then, like, your armor might negate, like, 20, 50 of that or something like that, you know? Yep. So either way, you're taking this much damage no matter what. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's artificial in its own way because it's not hard because it's hard. It's hard because you're tying my hand behind my back. At that point in the game, I could never have good enough armor to withstand more than one or two hits. Yep. It's impossible. It's just not going to happen. Um, the only difference maybe if you got lucky in like the dark knight at the start of the game like drop his breastplate or something yeah but that's the closest you're gonna get to like maybe having better armor um but that concept because it's not new to elden ring it's not like it's new it and there's a lot of fight not a lot of fights i can think of a lot of fights in dark souls where it's unfair per se Mm. where i was like this is stupid like yeah why is this a thing um 
but I think all of this is just to compensate for the open world. I, I think that they're expecting people to grind, they're expecting people to do a lot of stuff, and if they don't, um, they're not going to stand a chance. But if they didn't make it hard, then even if they didn't grind, it'd be like a evenly paced experience. But if you did grind, it'd just be like it, people would bitch. It's not fun. People would bitch and say like, "It's too easy. It's not hard at all. It's too easy." Like, I can't believe they made an easy Dark Souls game. Like that's what you'd hear immediately. Um, so I understand the implications behind it, but it doesn't make sense why. Yeah, like they've got some kind of reputation to uphold. Yeah, which I think is bold and fabricated. But you know, yeah. I have my own opinions about the Dark Souls of things, but oh yeah, no, uh, I am. I'm, I'll talk about Sekiro real quick sure. just to like finish off that subject. Um, that's not only my favorite Souls game because of the combat style and all the cool things you can do in that game. It's very balanced. Um, that game is really fucking hard, but very, very often when I died, I'd be like, "That was my fault." Or I'd be like, well, I fucked that up. Or I'd be like, oh, fuck, I didn't time my block right. Or I didn't time my parry right. Or, like, I didn't do this X thing. Like, that was my fault. I fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that game pissed me off like any other game does. Oh, yeah. But I kept coming back because I was like, what was a rare experience for me was, like, I was annoyed and, like, frustrated because I couldn't beat something. I was having fun the entire time. Like, I was like, this is really fucking fun, though. And, like, every time you get a little bit farther in the fight, you're just like, fuck yeah, man. Like, I'm doing that much better. And, like, it... It feels really good. And what I like is that game is a gatekeeper boss. Like, there's a boss that, like, if you have not been paying attention up to this point, you will not get past this boss. Really? And, like, that's the gatekeeper. It's like, if, if you want to keep playing this game, you have to learn. But everything you've learned so far to use and fight this boss like that. And I, I really like that. No, that that's, a really, um, that's a really cool thing. I don't... I don't think that I've played anything in recent memory that encapsulates that. So I, maybe I need to give that game another go. I just see videos where you can choose that boss, but like... Why? Why, exactly? Why would like? Why would you choose any boss? Like, I don't know. I, that's part of like the thrill of the fight. Like If you beat it and you cheesed it, did you really beat that boss? Yeah. Like that, That's my favorite thing about the actual difficulty of Dark Souls and like being able to talk about this specific game with other people is there's no variable difficulty. You beat that boss the same, like probably not the same way, not exactly, but you beat him just like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Like that really ties into what you said before about like you just being another one of the undead. I think that's a really cool concept. Like, no, you can't lower the difficulty. You can do things to make this fight easier for yourself, but you killed him the same way as everyone else. And I think that is a real benchmark mm-hmm. like that it's just awesome to me and that's why that has such a dear place in my heart of yeah I I did this and you can talk to someone else and be like well how did you do it and they're like oh well, I did this this and this but I did this this and this but you killed the same boss mm-hmm. it's not like oh yeah I dropped the difficulty down to easy just so I could take it like nah man that's not a thing you can do and I I, I appreciate that a lot about yeah. this specific series every other Souls game is very well balanced um Elden Ring is the only one I've played so far that I feel like is not balanced. I feel like the combat is bullshit on purpose to make it harder because it's an open world game. Um, every other Souls game experience I've had, like I think it's a very evenly paced combat, and I think that you have that same feeling of like, well, I, I fucked up there. Like maybe yeah. I should have done this, um, or maybe it really is a symbol as like you know maybe you should grind a little bit, but it's not like you need to grind fucking like thirty levels. It's like well maybe level up your health a little bit, maybe level up your fucking strength a little bit. Mm-hmm. Why don't you try this other weapon you weren't using? You know. Um, it's it's very simple compared to like well I'd rather go fucking fuck off for twenty hours and then come back. Yeah, that, that I, yeah that's the whole point of this. That's the artificial difficulty rearing its ugly head. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the last thing I want to say about Soulsborne or Souls in general um, before I turn it over to you because I know you have some thoughts about that. Oh yeah. Um, I think a lot of this comes from even Dark Souls, even from Soft's kind of cup and their own bullshit. I, yeah. I think that the whole like it's the dark souls of x um the way people tried to mimic it over the years um i think even FromSoft is caught up in that you know they made the game where they're like yeah. well i have to keep topping ourselves otherwise it's gonna you know they have an artificial reputation to maintain yes and uh i think the whole thing with like people who attempt to make the dark souls of x there are people who very clearly try to mimic dark souls mm-hmm. But I think what they don't understand is that they are trying to make an impossible game because they think all people want is a hard game. No. But Dark Souls is special. It is hard, 
but there's a lot more to that world than people realize. There's so much more to it. Mm -hmm. People love the lore. People love the story. People love the implications. Like, you just see something, and you're like, huh, I wonder if this is what happened. Because it doesn't directly tell you. No. That's the, you know, the Miyazaki thing at work. Um, so people try and mimic it without really understanding what they're trying to copy. And, like, that's why a lot of Dark Souls clones, essentially, are just they're soulless, ironically. Yeah, no, I was 100% going to say that. So Mortal Shell is the last Souls-like I tried to play. And I got maybe two hours into that game i was like this is not fun like i don't care about this universe at all i don't care about any lore at all it feels empty and a very blatant ripoff to me like it it takes a lot to get the title of bad game from me and that one gets it like this was a bad game i didn't like it did you ever play man what was it called it was my first encounter with a Dark Souls clone. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was called like Forsaken or something like that. That doesn't ring a bell. The dude on the cover has like a mohawk and he, he looks like a Warhammer character, but like it's a, clearly a Dark Souls ripoff. Is it like is like Viking esque? I think the vibe on like the cover is Viking esque. I don't remember. It might not be called Forsaken. I, I cannot remember what it was called. But it came out a long time ago too. Like it came out before Bloodborne did, I think. Like it oh, came, came out a few months before Bloodborne did. Um, I don't remember what it was called. I'll sure I'll think of it later. But that was my first encounter with the Dark Souls clone, and that was exactly my feel. Was I was just like, for one thing, I was like, this feels like Dark Souls two, which is fucking terrible. Ugh. And then for two, I was just like, this just seems empty. Like not once have I been enchanted in this game. Like the five or ten hours I've been playing it, I can't remember how much I gave it, but I know minimum five, but maybe more than that. But I was like, yeah, I, I don't feel anything from this game. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to care about or any of that. And yeah, that's not a good feeling. It's not a good feeling, no. I that that's, was my entire experience with Mortal Shell. I was like, wow, a dreary, depressing world with mega hard mechanics and nothing I care about. Like, if I wanted to play this, I would just play Dark Souls. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I think that's a fine place to stand. Like... I understand people wanting more content, more things like that. I get that. Yeah. But why go great value when you can get name brand? <laughs> like, yeah. There's no reason not to. I think that like a big part of what makes a video game truly great to me is replayability. Mm -hmm. And these are. I don't think these games are built for that. They're they're one off to scratch that itch until the next game comes out. And I, to me, I don't think that's fun. That's not that's not for me. I'd rather wait. No, I mean, Dark Souls games have, like, the replayability of, like, trying something new. Like, exactly. you can just try something new. Um, what got me hooked on Magic was in Dark Souls 1, because I played the entire game, like, many, many times, and, like, my standard build is just, like, high vigor, high endurance, high strength, and, like, mm -hmm. that was, like, my build. I was, like, the tank. Yeah. Um, that was what I made. Um, and then... I just randomly made a profile or a new game where like I made like a I called it like a spell thief essentially because I started off as bandit and like only leveled up agility only leveled up the pyromancy skill I can't remember what it was called but mm -hmm. uh and then intelligence those are my three stats instead um and so like it's just a very very quick magic user essentially and like yeah. my enchanted like uh, magic weapons essentially and like that was really fun like that was a unique experience like mm -hmm. I started that playthrough was like uh, I'm just gonna try this and then I like you know a few days later I beat the game again I was like okay like oh, that yeah. was pretty fun that's what I love about everything being viable like if you want to run it that way be my guest mm -hmm. it can be done which I, I really appreciate um, I guess that's where you get like the difficulty scale uh, but then again you get people who will do soul level one no death runs using a shield yes and like i i don't i don't will never be that level so i don't even think i'm a good souls player i just really like it mm -hmm. and i think that's fine which those people are like a whole new breed and like that those are the kind of people who play like mythic plus on wow and stuff like that oh, <laughs> like yeah? they just want something hard they just want it to be difficult no matter what you know they're looking for the dark soul of x essentially oh god <laughs> I'm charging up, man. I can feel it. I, Should I keep going, or do you want, you want to look? Uh, it's not that I have a lot to say about this. It's just what I have to say comes from that deep part of my heart. Okay, that phrase. This is the Dark Souls of X. Mm -hmm. I hate that phrase so much. Like, I get it. Dark Souls is a hard game. 
to the untrained eye. No, this is not a hard game. This is a difficult game. This is a challenging game. Like, I feel like people forgot. Like, because I started with Super Nintendo, right? Mm-hmm. People forgot how challenging those games were. Were they beatable? 100%, totally. But you're going to put some hours into it. And when you beat it, you felt like you earned it. Mm-hmm. That is my, like, one of my all-time favorite games for Super Nintendo is the Bonkers game. Oh, yeah, Bonkers yeah. the Popcat. Yeah. yeah, man. It's fun. It's challenging. Um, every time I played that game, I got a little bit farther, and I felt like I had achieved something. Um, so picture going from games like that, and then PS1 era, like Final Fantasy Tactics, also a challenging game. Um, I feel like there was a dip that happened sometime when I was just getting ready to graduate high school, where I, I would say like the first time I noticed it was between Soul Calibur 2 and Soul Calibur 3. I felt a massive drop off for difficulty. Like this didn't feel challenging to me anymore. I got this overinflated sense of ego about it. I was like, oh, well, I'm just really good at Soul Calibur. Turns out, no, I'm really good at Soul Calibur 4. Mm-hmm. I went back to play 2 again and I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. This game kicks my ass. So I feel like there was a point of stagnation in gaming where things weren't hard and then you had titles that came out like Ninja Gaiden Black. That game was hard as hell. I still have never beaten it. It's hard as hell. I've never even played it, so. It's dude, it's rough. It does not feel good. It goes in dry. It's a, <laughs> not a fun. Like it is a fun game. That's the best part about it. It's challenging. It's it's fun. I enjoy conquering the few levels of that game that I have conquered. But then like then I feel like Dark Souls came around and people are like, "Oh, this game is impossible." Like did you not did you did you forget? Did you forget how far we've come mm-hmm. like from these mega difficult games into this now? And I feel like that's become such a benchmark, and that's the one that people remember. That's what sits in recent memory. So that's what people say, like, oh, this game is the Dark Souls of X. I'm like, you're just trying to sell your game when you say that. Like, biggest example, a buddy of mine uh, had me try out Cuphead. And he's like, oh, this game is, like, super impossible, dude. It's like Dark Souls. This man has never played Dark Souls before. He has no idea what he's even referencing. He just said, oh, this is like Dark Souls. I'm like, you have no idea, man. Like, mm-hmm. you, that's the buzzword that you've latched onto, that buzz phrase, and that's what you're repeating now. And that's, to me, a massive part of the problem. Uh, I played Cuphead, and I was like, this doesn't feel like a quote unquote Dark Souls level of difficulty. This game feels like a Super Nintendo game, mm-hmm. and I quite liked it. Like, I've played like maybe two levels of it, and I was like, man, this is great. Like, this feels like playing Bonkers again. Like, I really enjoyed it, but. Yeah, that's pretty much what I have to say on that subject. Like, I wish people would find a more inventive way of saying something is hard or challenging or difficult or even, like, refine their scale a little bit. Like, I've noticed as Americans, we tend to try to go top shelf for everything. Mm-hmm. Like, so the scale is really skewed to me. So, like, if people just, like, refine what they have to say. Like, if Dark Souls legitimately is the only thing you have to compare, like, difficult video game-wise to then fine, I've, I've no problem with you. That's okay. But if you've got like a pretty good catalog under your belt, I feel like there's more difficult games in their own genres that you could compare your, your game to. Like somebody trying to tell me that NHL 21 was the Dark Souls of hockey. What? Oh, yeah. Even that statement annoys me. I don't yeah. even like hockey or sport games, really. I left. I, I don't talk to that person anymore. <laughs> like, there's a lot of lead up to that, but that mm-hmm. was it. That was that was like the the phrase that stuck with me. I was like, dude, you just opened your mouth and stupid fell out. I'm done talking to you forever. Like, I'm done with this. <laughs> the final final straw, huh? Yeah, that was it, man. I I think going along with what you said, there there's a really big difference between I like to say challenging and tedious. Yep. And tedious things to be really fucking hard. Um, it doesn't mean that they're hard. It just means that they're really fucking annoying, really, really drawn out, really everything. Like, um, World of Warcraft became that after a while. The, I would agree. The reason why I think that... So I've, I've always said that... Uh, I don't know if I talked about this in the MMO episode. I probably did. But I've always said that, like, Miss of Pandaria is where things went downhill. Yeah, you did say that. Um, I, I think a big reason for that is because Mythic came out. Mythic yeah. difficulty came out. It's like, oh, I can do Mythic and Pandaria, like this new level of difficulty. Um, it 
all it did was add more health to the boss. That's really all it did. And so you had these fights where usually, like, I remember, like, Vanilla Raids, dude, where, like, it was so tight. Like, it was like you, if you didn't do the thing, you might kill your raid group. You might fuck up. Um, you might kill the raid group. It was so tight. Like, you had to make sure you were doing it. Um, and those fights only lasted, like, what, five minutes, maybe? Like, maybe three, five minutes? Um, now you have these boss fights and, like, Stars and Pandaria, like, now they're up to, like, 20 minutes each, like, where it's, like, yeah, it's just it's just a 20-minute fight, you just have to deal with that. Um, and all it is is that the boss has more health, you take more damage, you deal less damage, and <laughs> those are the varying levels of, like, anything. Like, they have Mythic plus Dungeons, where it's, like, Mythic fucking 5, 6, 7, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's literally what it is. The modifiers are, oh, yeah, the enemies have double their health, the enemies take less damage, you take more damage. Also, sometimes there's random shit on the floor that, like, does a bunch of damage to you. That shit is tedious as fuck. Yeah, why would you do that? Like, if you tell me that, like, that is a hard thing, of like, no, that's just annoying. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, again, you're tying my hands behind my back and being like, isn't this hard? I'm like, of course it is. Yeah, it's it's hard for the sake of being hard. Exactly. And, that, and uh, like, hard does not always mean good. It does not, no. It's okay to like a challenge. I love a challenge, personally. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with enjoying that. Um, that's why I like the Soul Series. I think they're the perfect level of challenge for the most part. Um, there's things in it that pisses me off, sure, but um, you know, not as much as Elden Ring has so far. They're pushing difficulty. Like I said, it's very small other Souls games. It mm-hmm. still exists. It's still there. Bloodborne is kind of where it started with the whole uh, like multiple enemies, like huge AOE, is fucking massive, like everything. Um, that's when that whole thing started. I feel, mm-hmm. but. You know, it's always been fair enough where I'm like, okay, like, this is still good enough. Like, I don't feel like this is impossible, essentially. Why would you ever want to fight something impossible? Like, even if you succeed, like, all you do is piss yourself off. Like, you, you don't enjoy it at the end. I don't you feel You don't like... enjoy it at all, no. Mm-mm. I, I... There's a reason why WoW gamers are, like, some of the angriest people in the fucking world right now. It's because their content has sucked for years. Mm-hmm. And all they've gotten for it is, like, harder and harder stuff because that's what they want. But none of it's rewarding in the end. Like, none of it actually matters. It... Boy, do I have a point on that. So, again, the last time I played WoW was when Shadowlands released. Started playing with my wife. And I was really upset about her first instance encounter. Like, mm-hmm. because just from what I noticed, the first instance that we did there um, was a purely mechanical fight. And that's not where I come from. Like... My, what do you mean purely mechanical? So the way this fight operates is you have to take this angel to ride to the top after you clear this graveyard. I don't even remember the name of the place. I only ran it the one time, and I just... I, it sounds like it was on Bastion. That was, like, a really boring zone, so I don't really remember it much. Yeah, okay, so do you remember the one where you take the angel to the top, and then you fight the dude, and he's on, like, a stage, essentially? And in order to yeah. get him off the stage, he throws these hooks at you? But you have to dodge out of the way, like right before these hooks hit you, so you can grab them and yank him off the stage, and then beat his ass for a few minutes, and then he goes back up there again. It's a long fight, mm-hmm. and somebody who was brand new, like she was, to be introduced into that, and basically had thank God that raid group or that instance group was mostly my friends because they were very forgiving of her because she didn't understand that that's how that operated, and neither did I. I was not from the era of mechanical wow fights mm-hmm. like one mechanic sure like tail sweeps and stuff on enemies you got to jump over that like that makes total sense but like this i was like this just seems like they crammed as many mechanics as they could into a single fight and that that's not even the end like when you get to the end you fight that that necromancer on top of the tower and he randomly will drop frost novas and freeze your team he will randomly teleport one of you out of there so you have to run this gauntlet to get back to an angel to port you back to the top and for, for me i was like why why like she spent her entire experience in there getting ported off and not doing any damage and obviously that boss fight is slated for five people so we were not doing super hot with it it, just, it didn't feel it felt difficult and knacky for the sake of being difficult and knacky and it completely that's what killed it for us eventually it was like this is stupid if we can't experience this part of the content which is what i sold her on as being the best part of World of Warcraft is grouping up with people and taking on dungeons. And she didn't enjoy that at all. And I was like, well, then this to me, when I played last, was what the game had to offer. And it was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I don't like 
things that are difficult for the sake of being difficult or knacky for the sake of being knacky. And that checked both of those boxes. I was like, wow, this is bad. I don't want to play anymore. I mean, it gets worse with WoW. Like, it's not only just like really, you know, long, drawn out, tedious fights. It's the way you progress in the game. Like, they, for many expansions now, like, I want to say since Legion came out, mm -hmm. um, there's been this particular special kind of currency for each expansion which is basically just all the same thing it's all our fucking artifact power um but um for a while there was a cap on how much artifact power you could gather um and that went more and more into, into each expansion or like i think currently now in like shadowlands there's something called anima which is like a special resource for That's like right, that yeah that um, sounds right but like i don't know if they changed it since then but like there was a hard cap on how much ammo you could earn weekly which apparently went towards like your legendary weapons or gear or whatever it mm -hmm. is um so like this process that like if you were committed if you want no life the game for like two or three days you could you could probably do um it, they purposely made it take weeks and weeks and months and months and months um because there's just why like yeah it's to draw out the process it's to there's they don't have any content so they're like well if this takes a long time then no one knows we don't have a lot of content um it's this whole thing that takes way longer than it fucking has to like it's just tedious like i would not do it i would not enjoy the end game quote unquote of world of warcraft anymore no me either it's not like doing a raid over and over again where you're like oh i hope this thing drops or like i hope that uh you know, I need this material to, like, build this, like, legendary weapon. Like, legendaries used to mean so much more, man. Like, mm -hmm. they used to mean so much more. The people who, like, got Sulfuris and stuff like that and, like, Vanilla WoW and, like, Thunder Fury and stuff like that. Like... Oh, yeah. That was, like... That was some hard work. It takes a lot to get that stuff. But, like, there wasn't necessarily a cap on, like, how much you could do of it. It was just, like, how much time do you want to put towards this? Yeah. And I had... There were people in raids, I remember, who, like... They're like, oh, I just need the thing to drop. That's it. Like, I have all the materials. Like, these super rare materials. I have all of them. I just need the thing to drop. And I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. And, like, it's funny, too, because, like, every time you're, like, doing something in Guild, they're just like, oh, yeah, I'm farming right now. Sorry, I can't. Oh, yeah. I'm busy. <laughs> yeah. Like. Yeah. Uh, I remember the first Legendary I ever saw. Um, uh, it was my buddy who'd been playing since Vanilla. This was in Raph. And he finally got... Uh, either all the stuff to make or actually he was actually in his inventory but he had one of uh, the glaives that oh of Asnoth? Yeah. of Asnoth? yeah he had one of them and he's like dude check this out I got this really cool thing and I was like huh that has orange text I have no idea what that means and he went and explained to me how rare it was and then from pretty much then on that's the only one I saw for a long time I was like wow that really is legendary Mm, it is, yeah. Surfer first were a really big deal for stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in addition to that, too, like, so, speaking of things like that, like, the reason why the artifact power irks me in such a way because um, I looked it up and it has something like a 78% drop chance. Like, it's literally on the loot table for a boss. So, most of the time, you're going to get fucking artifact power. They made everything else in the game, like gear, weapons, materials, whatever, it's super low drop chance. Mm hmm. So again, that's just artificial difficulty at work, where it's just like, well, if it takes a long time to get this, like, you know, dangle that in front of you, but like, it's not going to happen. Like, so I mean, that's some things with like MMOs essentially, where it's like World of Warcraft, especially even new MMOs that have come out. Like, uh, I know New World, I haven't played it, but people said New World's the same way. Where like, in order to advance in that game, you basically need like certain marks or something like that, and they only okay. drop off of very select enemies. That you pretty much like it's like playing EverQuest again. Like you just you kill the enemy and then you just wait fucking thirty minutes for it to respawn. You just sit there and do nothing. <laughs> like you watch Netflix or something. Like oh, it respawned. Oh yeah, time to get back. Yeah, dude. Um, so I play Warframe with my wife, and it's very difficult because that that is very present in terms of reputation. Mm -hmm. You have a reputation cap that you can hit in a day, and once you've got all the reputation from a certain faction that's all you get the one saving thing i will have with it is as your as your like core level goes up as your mastery increases that cap increases too so there is a way to get more of it a day but i'm at a point right now where i cannot get up an entire level in a faction in a day if I spent all of what's my the, what's the free to play mindset that was like yeah it's a free game so like they're trying to entice you to like spend money on the the cash shop or whatever 
you can't get reputation that way. You have to grind it. Oh, really? You have to grind it. You have to grind it. Wow, that sounds artificial as fuck. Then. Yep. I, it's annoying, and it's. Would you say that's the important? I, I haven't played Warframe very much. Would mm-hmm. you say that's it's like an? Is that like in game essentially, like getting this reputation? So what the reputation allows you to do is um, with certain factions, you can take that reputation and you can spend it on specific vendors for that faction uh, to get blueprints for materials. And the bitch of it is to build certain parts for certain Warframes, you have to have that specific thing that you can only get from that faction. Gotcha. So it all depends on like, it just so happens that I need... Um, I need to build certain parts for a Warframe that I want. I don't need it. I absolutely do not. I could continue playing the game without it. I do not need it. But I want it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it's something you want to do, like, go for it. It, it does sound very tedious for, mm-hmm. like, no reason, but... The, I guess, okay, there is a total workaround for that. Um, one I hadn't considered until you said that. I totally could negate this entire process by going to the shop and just buying the Warframe straight up. Oh, there you go, yeah. But I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Um, it's, See, I think there's it's, the road, man. I think that's what it is. Yeah. I, I, I want to build it. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's like accomplishment in that. And the cool thing about if you need those specific things to build that specific Warframe, that specific Warframe will generally drop in the bounties for that place. Mm-hmm. So you're getting the parts and the blueprints while you're getting the reputation. So they do work hand in hand. Um and you can spend them like you can spend your reputation points instead of going up a level with them um you don't use your actual currency you use those reputation points to buy the things from them so it's kind of counterproductive in that way too it's like i need to go up the next level but i really need this blueprint i'm out of daily standing so i have to like do i buy this today and just not go up today or do i wait and get it tomorrow when i can't like whole balancing act i think it's kind of fun in that way but it is i think in that same vein very artificial yeah i don't know when it was for me it had to have been like early ps2 era uh but i remember when game difficulty Hmm? it would tell you what the difference was so it would be like oh this is normal this is the standard like if you want to blah 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 um, but then there were the games that would be honest with you about it and be like, oh yeah, in this game mode, enemies have more health and you take more damage. Mm-hmm. Um, that kickstarted this whole thing for me where I just, I started playing a lot of games on easy mode because I was like, wait, so the only difference here is it's harder for no reason. Yep. So the combat will not change. My level of skill does not matter. This will just take longer for no reason. Yep. Cool. Um, I'm just going to play this game on easy mode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, you know, through that, I've actually discovered, like, several games that really have a good balancing act of, like, they're very balanced for combat-wise. And it says a lot about early games because, you know, there's an even pace for it, which I really like. And that kind of advanced to, like, some of my other favorite games, like, uh, like Devil May Cry, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, 1 and 2 were really weird. I think they were, like, they were trying to figure out their stride there. Yeah. Especially with combat 2. But uh, Devil May Cry 3... I think that game is really, really balanced in all aspects because even playing the game on easy mode, um, when I later got like the Dante Must Die version where you got to play as Virgil, yeah, um, I did the cheat code where I unlocked all the difficulties and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna play through every single difficulty from start to finish. And I'm just gonna do it. There was no trophies back then, but I was like, I'm gonna do it. Yeah, for me. Um, yeah, uh, and so easy mode on Devil May Cry Three, very well balanced. Like yeah. if you don't have, you won't have the upgrades. You won't have the extra weapons. Not to get that stuff in your playthrough, but like. It, I think it's a really good benchmark. Like, it's just, it feels good. Like, it feels the right level of challenge. It's not easy. It's not too, like, punishingly difficult. Mm-mm. It's just, like, it feels good. And, like, that's what I want to see more of is, like, balanced gameplay. And even Dark Souls, like, you know, it's few flaws it has, like, the artificial difficulty. It's always going to balance gameplay. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it requires a certain higher level of, like, commitment, but it is balanced in that way. Um, Kingdom Hearts is the same way. Um, I would agree. I will play, like, you can play story mode of Kingdom Hearts, and, like, as long as it's your first playthrough and, like, you're not doing new game plays, like, you can't play your games, um, it's a really great balance. Like, it's, if you're, if you don't respect it, it'll kill you still. Like, it's, it's not going to be just, like, a match X to win thing. Like, you still have to play the game correctly. Right. Um, and it's, again, it's very well balanced. Uh, not Kingdom Hearts 3. Kingdom Hearts 3 is easy through and through. Um, I've never done a level one, like, whatever only keyblade like whatever fuck i've never done that shit Mm -hmm. on expert or like i think they have like critical now i've never done that 
But like, just playing the game how you're supposed to play the game, like, I think 3 was, like, a lot easier than the rest of them. But I think 3 is also more so focused on the story, which I, I can't fault it for. But 3 was lacking in a lot of ways. But that's not what this is about. Yeah. Um, Dragon's Dogma 2. Oh, yeah. So, have you been playing that on Standard? Uh, yes. Yeah, so Standard, I think, is very fair. Um, so, it was, like, the easy mode. Like, easy mode, like, if you ever want to drop in the difficulty, you'd still feel the same level of challenge. Because I think that's one of those games where it's very honest about the fact that, like, the enemies just have more health. That's pretty mm-hmm. much what it is. They have more health, and um, they take less damage. That's... I think it deals more damage to you as well. Um, it's very honest about what it is. So it's it's not like it will be easier, per se. It'll just be like, things will take a lot less longer, pretty much. Oh, cool. <laughs> you know? Um, and that's what I'm a fan of. Like, I, I just, you know, just like with WoW, like, I don't want a fucking 20-minute raid. Like, I just want... Um, no. I just want to experience this thing. I don't want to have to do this fight. Because shit like that's even worse when you die. If you wipe, like, you wasted 15 minutes of your life. You have to fucking start over from the... F- you know yeah and now, now you're coming back with a chip on your shoulder which for me that's why specifically from playing souls games uh i will do the same fight three times mm-hmm. and if i can't progress but beyond this point i'm like my frustration is going to get to a level where i i'm kicking my own ass pretty much and i can't do that so i stop and i noticed i was having to do that more and more and wow like wipe three times in this and i'm like dude i'm done like i I can't do this right now. I have to do something else. Yeah. Which the beauty of that game was able to. I, I could go do. I could go chill out and fish for a while if I really wanted <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Which is something I'm appreciating about Elden Ring because I am running into that. But I can go piss off and ride my horse if I want to. <laughs> yeah. It, it does kind of have like a good like I said the discovery reward system is very good in that game. Hmm. It is fun to just kind of find a random thing and be like oh this is neat. Like, oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, I think um, talking about like balanced games on, and thinking about it now, yeah, they told there was totally difficulties in the first two God of War games, right? Yes, that's what I thought. Yeah, because I remember those games felt really good on all difficulties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I just want to make sure I wasn't making that up. No, no, I think so too. Um, I, I got Sarah to play them. Uh, she played all three of them, and she was playing on easy the whole time. But like, there's times like I'd take the controller. I'm like, oh, this is kind of challenging. Like, I get it. Um, yeah, no, it's just when combat is evenly paced or like well balanced, mm-hmm. then you know, easy is not such a bad word. Like, I, I don't no. like, you know, I don't feel like people should be criticized for being like, oh, I want to play the game on easy. And like, well, you're a fucking scrub, and like, you're not good at the game. And it's like, okay, yeah, cool, man. Because, you know, I've done some of the hardest games in the world. I've done some of the hardest raid content in the world. Um, I'll still play my game on easy if I want to. Because I don't want to waste my fucking time on it. So Yeah, no. Um, and that's, okay, I think that also comes from the whole Dark Souls of this and Dark Souls of that. Like, when did difficulty become a measure of how good a game is? Or how good you were at the game. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you're sacrificing the important benchmarks for me, which are, tell me a good story... Uh, let me live in this world. If you're prioritizing difficulty over those things, maybe rethink. Yeah. Um, that again, I don't hand out the bad game award very often, mm-hmm. but that is a, a real fast way to get there for me. Is like, oh, you prioritize difficulty over making something that people actually want to play. Well, you can tell what kind of like wild player someone is when you ask them what their favorite expansion is because. Uh... People who care about the story will be like, oh yeah, Wrath of the Lich King was the best expansion, yep. easily. Um, Elitist douchebags will be like, Wrath was way too easy. Um, War of the Draenor is the best expansion. And that's because they had those really weird challenge rating things you could do, where like, it basically where Mythic Plus came from. It's where like, I think like Mythic, like Mythic was like, a, everything was a huge milestone in that game. Like even Normal was like really fucking annoying. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was after Pandaria, so of course, but like, even like normal was fucking annoying and then like heroic was annoying mythic was really fucking annoying and all it did everything man because like going up from each difficulty all it did was bosses have more health deal more damage to you take less damage also here's these old bullshit mechanics now just so you you know more stuff to do it you know i feel like really the measurement should be like well how long do you want your boss fight to be (laughs) because yeah that's what it equated into after a while it was just that (laughs) you can tell what kind of person is it's like what's your favorite expansion (laughs) oh yeah i would agree with that like, should be an option. Like, when you're going to drop into an instance or a raid, it's like, how much time you got? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it should. I feel like it should be. Because the thing is, too, is, like, people will... 
I, it's such a backwards fucking concept of like if you can beat the hard game you're a god tier gamer but if you can't beat the hard game you suck yeah and it's like well hold on like alright and you experience this in WoW too and like a lot of MMOs where it's like you don't know how to do this fight like you fucking suck at this game I'm like it's my first time what do you want from me <laughs> that's what we ran into um, on the one time we ran that instance uh, we went through three healers because they were they were bitching out the guy that was running tank for us he was like oh I'm just you know I wouldn't have to heal you so often if you didn't suck at this game and he's like cool man boot I'll get somebody else like it's not that he was doing bad it's just inexperienced players and it was also our first time running it like again I got a lot to say about elitism too like I don't like I think I hit on this in the first podcast Mm -hmm. I don't like that the term casual is a four letter word Mm -hmm. I hate that yeah like there's nothing wrong with just enjoying something like I think it's a huge trademark of being a total asshole when you're telling somebody how to consume media. I'm so sure they enjoy what they do. Like, yeah, if if you're if you're having a good time, you're winning. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter how you're doing it, and like, it would it would be a little bit of a different story. But like, all these people are assholes, and all these people are unhappy. Like, WoW players are some of the most unhappiest people in the world, and like, it, it's. A meme it's people talk about the internet constantly like it's a thing people who play wow are upset they're not happy they're not in a good place no so much so that like people talked about like when they started playing final fantasy like because wow's been so bad they're like i'm gonna try a new mmo and everyone's like well we should try final fantasy like fine i'll try final fantasy they literally changed their personality they're like this is what fun is like yeah and like they've literally become better people it is insane how mm. like just having fun in your life you know, because MMOs become like a, a second job after a while, man. Yeah. Like, imagine like going to your job, which you probably don't like for like eight to ten hours a day, and coming home and playing WoW for eight to ten hours before you go to bed, and then like, sleeping for a few hours and just repeating that and fucking repeat over and over again. Like, how much does your life fucking suck? <laughs> I've never seen with any other video game, like the dead behind the eyes soul gaze at a monitor that comes with veteran WoW players. Like, there is no expression in their face at all, unless it's rage. It's because we love it. We we really did love that game mm-hmm. at one point. Some of us still do. I will always love it for what it was, but not what it is now. Um, and I've let go of that. Uh, if Blizzard did one thing right, it was releasing Classic WoW and like Classic TBC and stuff like that, because yep. it really showed me that, like, yeah, I love what this game used to be, but not what it is now. Yeah. Because um, they... even playing like Classic, it, mm-hmm. it's not the same game. No, it's not. It's, it's in part of that is because of the community, or right. a big part of it rather, is the community. The community is full of latest douchebags. God damn it! Who regale you with stories of like how hard Classic WoW was, or how hard Burning Crusade was, and stuff like that. Um, and now they're like, "Oh, I know everything about this game, so you have to do it exactly like this." And it's like, shut the fuck up! Like I'll play the game I want to play it. Yeah. Um, and like, oh, you fucking suck, and you kick out of the group or whatever. And like that was my experience playing Burning Crusade. I was like, man, I fucking hate this community. It doesn't matter what game I'm playing. This community fucking sucks. They they are fighting tooth and nail with League players for the most toxic fan base. Like, fighting hard. (laughs) I... That is my biggest turnoff with League. Because I think the gameplay is very cool. I think the characters are cool. I think the universe is cool. But I cannot stand their fans. Like, I got so much shit from my friends that played. Because... Like, oh, well, what's your favorite thing to do? It's like, dude, I queue up bots because nobody talks to me <laughs> and I can just play this game how, however I feel like playing today. You know, it's like somewhere along the way, people forgot that this is supposed to be fun. Mm-hmm. Like, this is supposed to be enjoyable. This is an enjoyable experience. Um, and again, I have to relate it back to difficult means good. No, it, it should be fun first, I think. But. I think if I could describe like the combat in Elden Ring, it would say that this game is honestly an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it really is. The ways I've died sometimes, I'm just like, that's a fucking dick move, man. <laughs> I felt like all of my deaths so far have been earned. <laughs> yeah. 
But again, like I said, I'm not super great at these games. I just like to play them. I think they're I think they're fun. At, at, at the end of the day, I think they're fun. They are fun, yeah. If you enjoy that kind of challenge, it's fun. So I guess like, if you take anything from this episode, it's play the games how you want to play it. Uh, if you want to play it on easy, go for it. Absolutely. If you want to survive in Souls games, um, just boost your health. Mm-hmm. That's the easiest way to do it. Because yeah. if you're gonna guarantee to take 300 damage, make sure you have 600. It's it's you know it's pretty easy stuff. Math. <laughs> yeah, my standard for any Souls game now, or actually any game that's like hard, quote unquote, um, with this kind of stuff, like I just boost up my health until I can take a few hits. I'm like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> I can survive. <laughs> yeah. Right now in Elden Ring, I'm rocking a thousand health. Like I've more than doubled my maximum health or my starting health. I was just like, I doubled it, and I'm like, okay, cool. I don't need any more hit points anymore. Um, it's the first thing I boost to. I get it to 20 first. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to take a shot. That's how it happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't think I have anything else to say. No, I think that I think that pretty much covers um, the bullshit that is artificial difficulty. Yeah. Well, uh, if you like this episode, definitely let us know. If you're on YouTube, uh, comments, go for it. Um, if you're listening on Spotify or Anchor, uh, my Twitter is still loading OFC. Um, you can tweet at us there. You can talk to us there. Um yeah, we want to hear from you. Absolutely. All right, well, have a good rest of your day or yep. night whenever you listen to this. <laughs>